0: Guys, to another episode of Chocolate with the Side of Medicine. I am one of your co-hosts, Amy Joe MD. I've got the lovely ladies here with me, Dr. Nono. Hey, Dr. Chris. Hey, what's up? And Dr. Sunshine. What up, though? We're back again. We survived Thanksgiving, maybe. I didn't check the numbers, but we're here. We survived and we're all feeling great. Um, how's everybody? My Thanksgiving was exhausting. It, it really was. <laughs>
1: and to the, to the, it just it just was to the point where I had to take um, Monday off this week. Um, so the, the chocolate MDs may know this, and I know the general population doesn't, but I spent the Thanksgiving holiday with my partner's parents. We basically did like 10 days straight. They're retired. They're in their own little bubble. They don't see anybody ever. And we have our own little bubble, just the two of us. So then we spent 10 days straight together. They're sweet. They're lovely. Like, they're great. But (laughs) having to host and do things for 10 days, I'm like, wow, like this is this is a lot. So I took my day off and now I feel like a brand new person because I had a whole day to sleep and do yoga and get recentered. But um, it was cool. You know, Trying not to get the covid,
0: not to get the Rona. I'm trying not to get covid. I would really um, like to not have it. So I'm in my TV. We're going to you know, be good friends. We're going to remain friends throughout this holiday season. And I'm looking forward to counting down the, the New Year uh countdown right here on the couch. I've got plenty. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. It's so funny. Like I feel like now since Thanksgiving
2: is over, like now, like I see all these Christmas kind of things and I saw like the Rockefeller tree lighting. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. like now all of a sudden, like I'm into Christmas, which I never really was that into Christmas. But now I guess because I can't. Do those things? I'm like, oh, and any little Christmas thing, and they're having singing Christmas carols, and I want to sing too. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I saw
1: a picture of that Christmas tree in New York, and it looked sad. Are we talking about the same Christmas <laughs> right. tree?
2: You know, it's so funny. It My like sister trending, told me that.
1: Basically, the picture was trending all over the internet. And they were like, this is the tree that's going up in New York City. And it looks just like, you know, the year of 2020. It looks downtrodden. It looks beaten and battered. And the picture trended everywhere. And I'm like, this cannot be the tree that they're going to put in Rockefeller. Like, this cannot be the tree. And apparently it was, mind you, we saw like the bare, like the branches and the stuff, but we didn't see like after it was lit up and decorated. So maybe it looks dope now. But I was like, this tree looks like no been,
3: I was following the saga of this tree. Like they put some like implants into that tree. They put some extra branches, like fluff it out a bit. They put some <laughs> extensions on a Christmas tree, like legit <laughs> extensions. And I'm like, because when I saw those pictures, I'm like, oh my God. Like, did they get
2: this out of a chopping yard? Like, my goodness. Um, But when but they lit listen, it up, it was beautiful. But listen, when I saw it on the TV, that's not what it looked like. I watched it. I was singing on the carols and all of that. I watched it that <laughs> night. That's not what I saw. I saw a yeah. nice looking tree with lots of lights. It yeah. After crazy.
1: after they, you know, put it through the ringer, what no, non, no. what No-No just said, like, oh, oh we're going to add know. extensions and we're going <laughs> to fluff it up and we're going to do this. Hey, do this. It's like hey.
2: A- it's okay. Because sometimes you need to add some extensions to things, okay? And it still <laughs> looks good, right? <laughs> Got Sometimes it. you want your hair a little bit longer. You have to add some extensions, but that doesn't mean that you don't have hair. Okay, that
3: is true. That is so true. That's a great analogy. Actually,
2: <laughs> just saying it's okay.
1: You trying to say the tree went through the glow up? It went through
2: the glow up. Ellen, <laughs> listen. We all works in progress, and the tree is what's just that so challenge?
1: <laughs> Y'all know the challenge where they like covered a little. Like, what's that challenge? I know. Well, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, uh... what's the glow up challenge? I thought. That's no, it, it has it has another day, but basically everybody look at Raggedy and they put their finger over the camera and they release it. And it's like, oh, uh, you know right. what I'm talking about.
0: I have had decorations in the past, what five years, one time, and that was thanks to Dr. Sunshine. And- <laughs> oh, yes. We, I mean, it was beautiful.
1: If my best friends are listening, they know this. In my house, it's very much so like a winter wonderland. You flip it upside down. There's snow everywhere. You got the Jesus. You got the manger. You got the lights. You got the snowman. You got the black Santa. Boom, boom. It's like, ah. So I can't. I can't I can't do Christmas wherever I am and not decorate. We're literally flipping our apartment today because it's gonna be um a winter wonderland here, you know. Is it because way. you
2: live in someplace warm that you have to do that? Because <laughs> I don't see the reason for that. <laughs> what are they the, the the cones? Oh the
1: little pine cones that smell like pine cinnamon cone. that we put in the
0: <laughs> I kept walking past them and I was like, man, something smells good. And like leaned down to smell, like she legit has scented the pine cones, y'all. Like, was- <laughs> and the tree was lit every night. Okay, like every night the tree was lit. I-, I mean, I thought it was beautiful. I was just happy that I did not put it up or had to take it down. So, yeah, man. And I will
1: just say another plug, by the way. This is not an ad. So Bath and Body Works has the bomb, can- like these candles, Candle and they came out with like, yeah. Oh, so oh. for the holiday season, they have all these holiday scents three wick Bath and Body Works candle. The The scent is literally called winter. It smells like everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, it smells like cinnamon and nutmeg and fresh snow. I was like, oh my gosh, it smells so nice.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cool. I've been getting all my candles from Target, but I'm going to check them out. That's that's what's up. You got to get them when the sale is running. So when the sales are running, that's when you go to Bath and Body Works.
3: Yeah. They'd be like, oh, get eight for
1: 10. I'm like, what? eight for ten you know it's always something obnoxious and you're like do i need eight of these do i need ten of these for forty dollars
0: yes, you know what i now. mean you do
2: <laughs> it's on sale you always do you will find a reason to like them
1: they got the little plugins they got the candles i'm like oh man our apartment smells like winter i'm about to flip it into winter like hardcore i'm so ready for this <laughs>
3: Man,
2: I'm so named man. after the holiday and you do it up so much better than I do. Growing up, I growing up, like we used to decorate, but as I got older and then I had to kind of do it and I was just like, yo, this is not cool. Like I have to put it up and take it down. Nah, I'm not doing that. So <laughs> but you're supposed to, do, don't it. Don't do, you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do
1: it. You're supposed to do it when you're listening to Motown Christmas. Yes. you're supposed to put on like you know, Mike, like Michael Jackson, "Mama's Kissing Santa Claus" or something in the background to put you in the spirit, and then you're supposed oh, to just no. do the whole thing.
3: No, no, I no. can play Donny Hathaway's <laughs> "This Christmas" on repeat, like for the entire like duration of December. Like that song will get you into the spirit.
2: All right, guys. So I got two things for the um, trending trending topics in medicine. They're not necessarily, I guess. What happened this week per se, but I thought they were pretty interesting. So I'm just bringing it up to discuss. So the first one that I found was, um, about Khloe Kardashian. So apparently, um, she had started this new ad for migraine medication and, and then it just saying that she was just saying that, Oh, taking this migraine medication kind of changed her life. And, Apparently, there's been a lot of backlash with the fact that she was the one, I guess, promoting this medication, which I thought to me was kind of strange because in the comments they were saying, well, you know, Serena Williams also has a commercial about migraine medication and that's fine. And and then people have been doing this for years, right? You see celebrities um, promoting some type of medication, even that, um, what was that guy, Bob Harper? he was a, I think he was a trainer on Biggest Loser or something. And I think mm-hmm. he had a blood clot. I think it was a, P, oh, no, I think maybe he had yeah. a pinky or something like that. Yeah. And then he was promoting mm-hmm. that medication or so mm-hmm. like it's been going on for years, but apparently there was this big backlash about it. And I think it's main, mainly because Khloe Kardashian is more so like an influencer. So I guess they feel as though like she's, you know, influencers are people who pretty much promote things to get money, and they felt like she's influencing people to make this decision, which I thought that was really interesting because, like, really, you can't get these medications without your doctor prescribing it. So, mm. I don't know. Now, so, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Uh, I mean, I mean, think they, they probably... think Serena didn't get paid for. I mean, you know, that's Abu, right? Like, do, do they think they do realize everybody gets paid when they do these commercials? Right? Right. I thought
3: it was strange. They're probably using the Kardashian name just because they have so many followers that are on Instagram and social media. So I guess the company saw that and was trying to, like, reach a wider scope of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I get it. I'm just surprised that they're, like, up in arms because she's marketing it. Is it because she's marketing a medication? I mean, she sells everything else. They sell clothes, makeup, perfume, you know, themselves, other people. Yeah, I don't get that. I think that... I think that the general
1: population likes it when if you're advertising a medication, they like to feel like you have some sort of expertise in it. Not saying you need to be a doctor, but they're like, "Oh, well Serena's an athlete and she, you know, strives to be really healthy and strives to be, you know, a great, you know, physical physique." So they kind of like let that slide. They're like, "Oh, Shaq is advertising for Gold Bond. Oh, he was a, you know, basketball player. We get it. The biggest loser, he's trying to get people to lose weight. Oh, that makes sense." So then they're like, "All right, what's the connection between Khloe Kardashian and this, and this yeah. migraine medication? Right, and they're right, like, right. they're like, she's not particularly fit. She's not an athlete. She's not a doctor. I think it's hard for them to make a connection. But the thing is you don't need the connection because the connection is money.
2: Right, <laughs> right. I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. Cause I was just like, cause I was like, well, I guess in a sense, like if I really thought about it, I'm just, I'm just saying just my thoughts. Like if I really thought about it, like when I see the commercial of Serena that she had migraines and she's doing the commercial, I'm like, okay, she probably does have migraines. I'm like, okay, I could see that. And then the the Bob Harper guy knew that he did actually have the blood the I think that was the PE that he had, and then the pulmonary embolism, and he's on the medication. So I'm like, okay, it's like I guess you could believe it. But then with Chloe, like I don't think I've ever heard that she really had migraines like that.
0: So I'm like. I guess but I I'm, never I, I never heard that Serena had migraines until I saw her in the commercial. That's also true. So, so I don't know. Um, I, you know <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I just think p- listen, people are in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, these are <laughs> mean times, so you gotta talk about something. I don't see the big deal. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't
2: really see the big deal as well because like it doesn't matter who is necessarily promoting the medication, like they it's kind of like I feel like they, the commercials are there. Patients know about the medication and they come in, they bring, bring it to their doctor and we could discuss it. Right. It's a way of us discussing the medication. And I feel that it makes the patient more empowered about their, about their health. And I think that's, that's great. And we can have the discussion, you know, just because you're saying, Oh, I saw this commercial about this migraine medication. What do you think I should do? I'm probably not going to prescribe it for you, but you know, we could talk about
0: it, you know, or maybe your insurance won't cover it. So, but, or, you know, it I think it just like, I think like Dr. Sunshine said, it, it broadens the the group of people who are aware of it because, you know, you see a lot of young people who have migraines and they are like, I think they're having rebound analgesic uh, yes. my uh, headaches afterwards because they're like, I keep taking this. Ibuprofen, NSAID Mm -hmm. after NSAID after NSAID after NSAID. And, you know, it lasts for 40 minutes and then it comes back. And so, you know, I'm more than happy for them to come in and ask me for a triptan or something like that so that I can, you know, try a better abortive medication because sometimes they get in a vicious headache cycle. So Mm -hmm. if Chloe um, exposes somebody who did not know that there were migraine medicines to help them out, then Mm -hmm. I'm down. Um, now I hope they got good insurance because Chloe isn't selling the one that's covered by your insurance, though. Right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. But we've and got that's other things. Right? We right. got we've got other ones. We won't give you the one that Chloe's got unless your insurance will cover it or you can pay out of pocket. But mm-hmm. um, we've got other ones that you know we can do. So
1: what's funny is that that is not what I thought Dr. Chris was going to say. I thought she's going to talk about Chloe and how Chloe got all the plastic surgery to look like Beyonce. That's what I thought. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dr. Chris is going to talk about. So, but I'm actually happy that it took a way much more medical term, like turn.
2: Well, we can talk about it if you want.
1: No, <laughs> just, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll, leave, I'll leave that up to the listeners' discretion. <laughs> they can go Google it if they want to that was definitely a big thing because she now she looks just like Beyonce which is crazy it's you really know crazy. and when you
2: see and when you see the pictures of her from before like I don't even recognize I'm like oh my gosh that's how she looked. okay but
1: they it but plastic surgery tends to be like it's like different phases and different things that they work on and now mm-hmm. that she's like I feel like this is like a Pokemon or like Dragon Ball Z when you reach her <laughs> ultimate form
2: <laughs> her
1: ultimate her her ultimate form now looks exactly like Beyonce which is really wonky so anyway they didn't mean to interrupt <laughs>
2: No, no, that's okay. So I am on Instagram, and I, but I don't go all that often. But I do follow the Shade Room because my sister made sure that I do follow it because she said I have to know what's going on, right? So I follow, and um, the Shade Room,
1: yes, not the Shade in. Room, not NBC, no, not, <laughs> not the Shade no. Room, the Shade Room, the Shade Room. Okay, yes. I'm gonna get on your system. That's another. That's for another day.
2: Yes. Anyway, so Kiki Palmer put this post. Uh, she showed a picture of herself and she had like pretty bad acne and how she was saying that she has polycystic ovarian syndrome. And she said it's been attacking her for a long time. And um, she kind of like, I think she recently found out that that's what she had. And then um, she was just, just posted and just let people know. And then... Um, I think it was Crystal Smith also responded. Crystal Smith is the wife of Neo, Neil's wife. And then she also said something like she, as she had polycystic ovarian syndrome as well, and she had a hard time um, getting pregnant. So for people who don't know what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. So basically it's like a syndrome. It's a condition where what happens is that you have problems with ovulation and it can cause you to, produce like more hormones. And some of, the, some of the signs and the symptoms that some things that can be manifested that can happen is that you have problems with fertility. You can't, you can't get pregnant that easily. Sometimes what happens is that you can gain a lot of weight. You, it increases your risk of diabetes, high blood pressure, um, acne. And then you could also end up having more hair growth. And it's, like, more hair growth in like, a male pattern. Like, you get, like, mustache and, like, you end up, like, with, like, kind of, like, somewhat like a beard. I thought that was pretty interesting because it's kind of, like, I was also seeing another, I saw another article about how they were talking about there's been challenges with, like, especially African Americans with fertility. And that they don't know how bad it is because not a lot of African Americans seek uh, medical care to even discuss infertility so like the whole thing is that a lot of people could be have could have polycystic ovarian syndrome they don't really know because they don't like they don't go to the doctor and go mm-hmm. find out what's going on right Can, this can we go back to
0: like a- real quick though because I, I didn't read the article but i was in some facebook groups and they were talking about it but there was something weird about the when she what she was talking about because she was doing some treatment and we were kind of all like and i don't remember what it is mm-hmm. but um, whatever she said she was getting that mm-hmm. she was trying to use, like, because I saw the Facebook picture, I mean, the Instagram picture, like her skin is like, you know, yeah, you know, you know, really bad. And, and she's having a lot of like issues with like acne and stuff like that, inflammation. And she was like, oh, I've been, you know, all these years, couldn't I figure out what's wrong? And then I finally got diagnosed with, with a PCOS, um, but she was like doing something. What was it that she was doing this whole time? And everybody was like, who who was putting her on that? Do you did you see that? I didn't see that. She was doing something. I uh, wish I had read it. Oh, Either way, um, my only like she you mean like she was on like a medication regimen? Like she was something, on like acne pain
1: right. or she was on like something?
0: I don't remember what it was because you know, but I remember them saying, like, that's really weird. And so here's my concern with that, right? So, you know, they put these articles out and say, Man, it, you know, it took me 15 years and now I'm diagnosed with PCOS you know I went and got this thing like first of all y'all there is no one lab that I can draw that's going right. to pop up PCOS like just so we're clear so cuz I don't want y'all disappointed when you go see your gynecologist or your your primary care doctor and be like I came here for the PCOS lab it is not like that. It's really a lot of clinical information, a lot of history taking, um, you know, tracking your menstrual cycles, you know, talking about your your health care and all these things, uh, other chronic diseases, things that have happened to you before. We can identify, you know, more than likely you have PCOS, and so you know, it was almost making it sound like I can't believe all this time, all I had to do was get this one thing, and then I would have known that I had PCOS
2: yeah um, yeah I that's not that's it. not true yeah and i think what she said that she used in the post she said she used um i think they were just treating her acne
0: Yeah, and she was on accutane,
2: accutane. Yeah. i think okay. it's just to treat the acne but but you're right there's no one test to really find out it takes history and it's right. It's not an easy focus.
0: Yeah. Cause her main focus was, uh, was my skin, my skin, my skin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, my skin had been so bad. And now I come to find out that I have PCOS. She didn't really talk about irregular periods right, insulin right. sensitivity, being right. pre-diabetic, right. you know, unnecessary weight gain in the stuff. She just said, Oh, by the way, I can't, you know, I've come to find out that all of my skin problems are due to PCOS. Uh, if only I had found this out, you know, before, I could have gotten a different treatment and could have gotten better understanding. And that's great. I'm not saying she does not have PCOS, but it almost simplifies it like, oh, have acne, must have PCOS. Y'all, that's not
2: right. how it works. Right. No, no, that's not how it works at all. Because because another thing, too, is like, yeah, like you said, we don't know what her cycles were. Right. And, and then also, like, um, some people can have weight problems, but some people might not, you know. And it's just... You can have different features of the whole, it's a syndrome. So it's not like one, there's one thing that it is. Like there's just all these things that they present with, and you could kind of like put it together. But you need the information. I wish we'd have given us more. Yeah, i wish
0: you would i wish she would have given us more than just her her skin right you know they right. you know celebrities have large platforms and i'm mm-hmm. i'm happy that when they turn on like things that are happening in communities that especially women's health things that you know we don't talk about i love it
2: but right. can we
0: get the whole story
2: I like agree. in a way that doesn't yeah. make you
0: spill like all of your you know all of your information like i'm not asking any celebrity to put their you know complete you know health care out there but since she was saying like hey look look at this thing it was really intimate you know it's definitely a look into her life i've got the skin and it came with pcos i just was i was hoping that she would tell us like the other things that she had right which her doctor used to diagnose her right. with pcos right. because it could not have been i have acne therefore i have pcos that is right. not how it works well yeah well i
2: brought it up because i thought it was just interesting in the fact that we have someone talking about their possible problems of infertility which i feel like you know you get some information uh from celebrities but then you know i kind of feel like maybe there's a lot of women out there that don't really like know about this or don't even like seek help to find out if they do have some type
0: of problem if that makes sense what i'm saying i'm down all right y'all so we came with the what to do when you're pregnant now we got to hit them with the how to not get pregnant if you are out here in these COVID streaks on lockdown, looking at somebody that is trying to mess with your ovaries and your uterus. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get this started. Yes,
2: that's important, right? Because y'all out, cause y'all out here
1: swiping my patients told me they out here swiping swiping left swiping right they're like i ain't got nothing else to do i'm at home
2: yeah it's okay but as long as you are safe and we just
0: gonna talk about all that
1: but all that about all that swiping is gonna lead to something in person so i'm happy that we're talking about this
0: (laughs) exactly listen online dating i'm sure is like you know off to the races so um i know people are meeting because i'm sure and you know i'm sure the pandemic has definitely changed people's, you know, thoughts about being single or not being single. Some people are like, maybe I do want to be single, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, Man, now that I don't have my, you know, super busy hectic run to 10 places every day schedule, it'd be nice to have somebody. And we're cool with that. But <laughs> if you are trying to leave that bedroom without any extra cargo, mm. <laughs> a <good listener>. mm. <laughs> Talk about it. Try to you pack like right. <laughs> <Pack Right. light. laughs> <Right. laughs> no no oops. Right. So um because you know we're getting all the happy people in right now, like we did it. All we had to do was stay in and have sex, we're pregnant, yay. But you know it's great to come next, like girl, listen. I don't know how this happened, right? Like <laughs> Are Are you you sure? You know, they come in like, are you sure it's positive? Are you sure, though? Like, yeah, look, I'm sure. Like, it's 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 positive. So let's let's help them out because I don't want anybody to, you know. Right. We're trying to be
1: proactive instead of reactive. So by being proactive, we mean let's talk about contraception.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. So on that note, there are many different methods that we can use for contraception. Um, there is more to it than just the pull-out method, in which we
2: will get into much detail later on. Cause that um, pull-out game, weak. It's nah. always weak. Don't listen to them. It's weak. Yeah, so unreliable.
3: <laughs> unreliable.
0: Uh,
3: right. It is so unreliable, and on top of that, it's just not a good way to for a consistent birth control. So don't do it. Um, and I will definitely be repeating this throughout the, the talk, but condoms. Um, even though you will see them everywhere, you'll be giving them out you know, at your doctor's office. They are the only way to protect against HIV and STDs. There is no other method that will do this. Condoms are the way, only way for that to happen.
0: You, you know so, what? I'm glad you said that. I, I feel like before we even get this party started, before women out there are starting to pick their choice, none of this meant to be used without a condom. Because mm-hmm. if we're talking about birth control, right, then we're already talking about you do not want to get pregnant. So if you do not want to get pregnant, there is no reason for you to not use a condom because there are things out there that you can't give back. And I think all of us actually, I'm pretty sure, I feel like we've all been in clinic together when we had to call somebody to diagnose them with HIV. Like it yeah. always turns out oh, we're all yeah. in clinic together. It's the most it's so sad. Right. You know, all these tears and confusion and i am oh, oh, wait till I see him. Wait till I see her. So, yes, we're going to be talking about how to not get you pregnant, but we still mean to use condoms. That's all. Right. I mean, it's, it's condoms are a way to also
3: prevent you from having a baby. But they are the only if they're like a barrier method to prevent the 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 virus that causes AIDS and also the STDs that come with it. You know, those that's the only way that you can prevent that from happening. So all the methods that we're about to talk and uh, talk about now are actually methods that will prevent you from conceiving or having a baby. So to start off, we got some reversible methods, which means, you know, they're easy on, easy off and the permanent methods, which are just that. So once you go in um, that that's it, you know, they they clip some tubes, um, yours or your significant others uh, there's no sperm there's no eggs coming back down that's it's it's a done deal it's a wrap so with the reversible methods we got a couple of options so i know you guys have heard about the shot the pill and everything in between so we're going to talk about those in a little bit more detail so pcps what can you guys tell me about the pill it's been around actually for about six no 50 years Um, It's probably one of our most common methods that we use in our clinics to help with uh, contraception. Um, But how kind of, what are your practices with how you use it in your clinics?
2: I feel like a lot of my patients kind of already know what they want to be on. And a lot of people already like the pill or have been on the pill and they just, just come in, just need a refill and they're good with taking pills. So, and they are happy with it. I think the pill is what they know, right?
1: I was just going to say that. It, and a lot of times when you get patients who were exposed to um, to birth control really early on, you'll notice that there's a lot of people where they were put on the pill when they were teenagers. Either they had the conversation with their parents and their parents helped them decide on the pill, or they had really heavy cycles as a teenager and maybe even early 20s, and they were put on a pill for that reason. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the pill is the one where the parents are like, all right, it doesn't need a procedure. You know, you weigh the pros and cons. Or it's the one where it's the easy fix to the really, really heavy cycle. Or even just normalizing the cycle, making sure your daughter gets it every month. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like a lot of them were exposed to the pill early. That way, by the time they become adults and see us, you know, or sometimes we see them when they're kids or teenagers or adolescents. Usually the pill is something they're very aware of. And I
0: think it was easier to ask for the pill Mm -hmm. if you were needing birth control. But, you know, we're trying not to ask for it. So it's easier to come in the clinic to say hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 17 and I have heavy, painful periods. Do you think you can put me on the pill? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm with you. Like,
1: yeah, I can.
0: Right. I can. (laughs) So kind of.
3: So essentially, though, to kind of uh, back that up, so with the hormonal methods, which is what the birth control pill is, there are some red flags that we look for before we even prescribe you the pill. Absolutely. Um, so usually, you know, those those risk factors have to do with the if you're at high risk for um, getting clots, because uh, estrogen, which is a component of some of the birth control pills that we use. Um, These are things that can increase your risk of clots or what we call uh, VTE events. So venous thromboembolism events, which can increase your risk of clots. So these are things that you need to bring up with your doctor before you even uh, start talking about uh, taking the pill. So if you smoke and you're over the age of 35, um, that is a red flag. Um, That would be something that we would talk about to even see if you would be a candidate for the pill. Uh, if you have a history of migraines with aura, so if you get the really bad headaches, but you usually get like uh, kind of some symptoms beforehand that kind of tip you off to the headache, like you start seeing floaters in your vision, start seeing bright lights, um, those would be signs of an aura, and that would be something that we, we would uh, take seriously before we would give you the pill. Also, in addition, if you have a history of uncontrolled high blood pressure, um, history of heart disease, again, history of the blood clots in your lungs or in your feet or your legs, sorry. And then also the history of strokes. Those are all things that we would take into consideration.
0: Can I say one thing? Can I say one thing about the blood pressure though? Um, Even if your blood pressure is controlled, it's still a level three. So um, in the clinic, if you have high blood pressure or hypertension and you're on medicine or you need to be on medicine, I am not giving you a birth control pill that has estrogen and progestin in it. There's another pill that you can take, but it's not gonna be that one.
3: Uh, And the last thing would be a personal or family history of breast cancer. So that is also, again, in a previous episode, we said you always need to get screened. uh, You know, and we always ask about your family history. Um, This is a very, very big one that we would need to know before we would even prescribe you the birth control pill.
1: Again, I don't want you guys to feel overwhelmed because you shouldn't have to bear all the weight of like, you know what, I'm going to literally write down every single thing that Dr. Nono just said, and I'm going to bring it up to my doctor. These are also questions that your doctor is going to ask you before they prescribe you the pill. So even though it is your responsibility as a patient to figure out which type of contraception you may want, um, it is good information for you to keep in mind, but your doctor is also going to ask you these things and go through your medical history with you too. So it's a shared decision-making type of thing.
3: Uh, So the other methods that we got, so we talked about the big one, the pill. So there also are long acting uh, contraceptive methods that we can use. So essentially like a set it and forget it type of method. Well, you're not, you don't forget about it because we need to switch it out. But these methods would include the implant, uh, the shot, and also the IUD. So again, PCPs, which ones are you most familiar with in your clinics? And why do you like each method and why? I'm
0: doing them all. <laughs> right. Whatever it takes, right? Which one you want? Like is, you know, I got you. I got you covered. I got I'm Never like, right every guy in the corner with the big coat, like open up the coat, like, what you mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I got you. got you, IUD, I got you right here, little young thing. What you want? You know, right, so right. we, we oh, do the all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um I th- you know, I think that women who can get over how an IUD is placed tend mm-hmm. to like the IUDs because they have the longest time in between needing to have them replaced. But like the pill, there are lots of women that have been on Depo mm-hmm. uh, shots for a long time, and they're just like, this is what I know. It's working for me, and I don't want to change. So we, we still do those, um, even though my preference is for them to have, you know, the LARC methods, right, The you know, the long-acting methods. And that really, for me, is the the next Nexplanon at any one of the IUDs. I really don't consider depot shot as long acting because they got to remember every three months. And that's 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 a dangerous window for people who tend to forget. So I I would say for
2: me, like I if I'm going to counsel, I'm always going to counsel counsel to do the long acting methods just because there is there is a better, better efficacy for it because you don't have to remember to do anything. It's there and that's it
0: i never understood that it's either the iud or a baby so i mean like take your pick like honestly. now, we're not gonna see her pretend like um those iuds don't hurt now okay right. y'all listen <laughs> you know we would not pretend like sounding that uterus you know no. sounding that cervix rather is it, not painful so i tend to be really upfront honest with my patients because a lot of them are like are you know are upset when they're like, I got this IUD place. They made it sound like it wasn't going to hurt. And it was, you know, and I felt something. It's not excruciating pain, but I won't pretend like it's the most comfortable procedure ever. It's just quick, right? By the time the cramps really kick in, we're out of there and we're done. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, their concerns are are legitimate because they're like, I don't want to have any, you know, discomfort. There's going to be some. That's what they're really trying to get over. They're perfectly okay with being free to have sex and not get pregnant for the next five years. But what they are trying to get over is that you mean you got to send that through? Like what you got to use to do it? Even if they don't know all the steps, they heard that it was not comfortable.
3: You can always pre-medicate before those. You know, I know when we were in clinic, you can always take an ibuprofen, like a 4-600. Sometimes it works. It does. You can take that before the procedure and that can help reduce some of the cramping that you would get uh, after we put the IUD in.
1: I'm actually going to highlight one of the things that Chris said, and then, no, no, I'm going to answer your question. So Chris actually brought up a really good point in terms of remembering to take the pill every day. And if you miss any of the days of taking the pill, you are increasing your risk for pre- your risk for pregnancy. And I think that that's something that you really have to talk to your patient about because you have to really break it down like that to your patient because the patient will probably tell you if they feel that they are responsible enough to take a pill every day. And some patients are honest. They're like, look, doc, listen, I'm young. I'm in college. I'm not going to remember to take this every day. My schedule's all over the place. I'm up till three. I'm drinking coffee. It's just not a good option for me. And that's something you have to bring up to them because it's true. And especially if you are on a progestin only pill, you have to okay. take that every single day, same time each day. And that's the pill that's the most unforgiving in terms of your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chris brought that up. And I think that's an amazing point. Now, no, no. To answer your question, in terms of the depot versus Nexplanon versus IUD, I do all of them, as you guys know. And our office, you know, has great support for us to do all of them. Um, the women <laughs> across the board of the three that we're talking about. The the depot and the Nexplanon are the ones that I get the most complaints about. A lot mm-hmm. of women don't like the depot because the depot makes them gain weight, and it's mm-hmm. not in their heads. There's been clinical research done on this. It is one of the side effects. is listed on all of our databases. Weight gain does happen. To a percentage of women. I think it's in between, I think 15 to 20% of women can experience weight gain. But of course you talk to your friends, all it takes is one person to have the weight gain. They'd be like, girl, I got all this weight. I did the depo. <laughs> and then, you know, cause you know, bad news spreads faster than good news. Y'all know mm-hmm. that. Right, so right, right. I have lots of patients who have had weight gain, hair changes, lots of things going on with a depo shot. So across the board, you know, it, that's the one I get tons of complaints about. The next one would probably be the next panon because you haven't talked about it yet, but you may be getting to it. But the next planon, when you put it in, you have to tell your patients that they're gonna have irregular bleeding mm-hmm. because the next panon is split into thirds. A third of women, their cycle doesn't change. A third of women, their cycles come more often or are heavier. And then maybe a third of women, their cycle will stay unchanged or maybe it'll lighten a little bit. But for the most part, the next panon is like a roll of the dice. You don't know what you're gonna get when you get that next one on. And then even when you have a next one on and get a new one to replace it, your bleeding pattern changes again, because it's not necessarily consistent from one time to the next. Mm-hmm. So that's the one where the women are like, hey, doc, I put in this next one on. Now my cycles are heavier, they're lasting longer, take mm-hmm. it out, take it out, take it out. So I'm like, okay, so it's something you definitely have to counsel on mm-hmm. for sure. And then the IUDs you guys have talked about, so I won't repeat some of the things that you guys
3: said. But yeah, no worries. That yeah, that's summed it up perfectly. There's another category within the hormonal, the longer acting birth control methods that we just uh, talked about. So in addition to the implant, we also talked about the IUD. So the IUD, there's actually a lot of flavors to the IUD that you can actually pick up in your clinic. The oldest method that's probably out there is the copper IUD, which is the Paragard. So this actually helps to reduce the, um, it increases your, the mucus that you produce. That actually helps slow down the sperm so that they can't get to the egg to fertilize it. So this is one of the non-hormonal IUDs that we can place in clinic like that is actually shown to be very effective. And Paragard is actually good for up to 10 years if you want to keep it out that, that long. The other IUDs that we have are a little bit shorter in timeframe, but still work just just as well as the Paragard, And that includes the Mirena, the Liletta, the Skyla, and Kylena. What a fun fact is, is that the Mirena is actually a great option for women who have really heavy periods, um, endometriosis, or suffer from chronic uh, pelvic pain. And the Mirena can actually be used for, or uh, used for women for that purpose. But have you
2: guys had any experience with like inserting the other IEDs that I talked about in your clinic? Um, I think I think mostly in residency, I I was a i inserted the Liletta, um Skylar, I believe. But mostly the ones I insert are the Morena, Cause I think it's just more I don't know, maybe in just my market, it's just more readily available. Like insurances cover the morena more than the
0: other ones. I don't know if you guys have a difference. Again, I think people know Morena, right? People know they know when they're asking for IUD, they know to ask for the Morena. So I think that's what people ask for. But I have put in all of them. Um at some point since I've been a doctor, but what I put in more than anything these days um are morenas and Pear guard.
1: That's interesting. I agree. I think it. I think it depends on the um, the patient that you're talking to. Recently, and I'll say recently is in the last year or so. I'm getting like this new wave of patients that um, are kind of pushing, and it's so interesting with women's health. I have a new wave of patients that are kind of pushing for less hormone. So I have like this visual in my office because the difference between all of the all of the different IUDs is how much hormone and it's kind of a breakdown of the visual that I have for them. And um, the Mirena tends to exude more hormone per day than the other ones. Um, So a lot of patients are like, hey, I want the lowest hormone option that I can get with the IUD. And then we talk about what that means. And just so you guys know, that one's the Skyla, which is good for three years. Um, So a lot of them pick the Skyla because they just feel like they're very sensitive to hormones and they don't want some of the side effects that could happen with that. So I actually have put in the Skylas more often than I thought that I would be. Um, A lot of women on the flip side really like the Mirena because the the Morena has the highest hormone content. And the Morena also is the one that's most likely to either lighten your period or cause your period to disappear um, because of the hormone amount that it exudes daily. Um, This changes woman by woman. And as we have talked about before, like, you know, off the record and, you know, in our personal lives, talk to each other about women who get the Mirena. There's a woman who, you know, I can insert the Mirena and her cycle completely disappears. And she goes and she tells her friends that it's the best thing ever. And then another woman, like completely different patient, can get the Mirena and then she still has her cycle or her cycle is maybe minimally like lighter. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I thought I was supposed to get the Mirena and my cycle's supposed to disappear. And I'm like, every woman is drastically different, you know. Um, but across the board, the Mirena does have the highest amount of amount of hormone. Therefore, it may have the most common effect of making your cycle either lighter or disappear. But it changes patient
3: by patient. So with the new wave of people being, uh, I guess, more cognizant about what goes into their bodies, um, there's actually natural family planning um, methods that can be used if to kind of help track your cycle to make sure that you don't get pregnant. The only issue with these is that they really do take a lot of work and dedication to making sure that you're, you know, really aware of everything that's going on in your body to make sure that you do not get pregnant. Um, and these include things like taking your daily temperature, um, literally checking your vaginal uh, mucus to see, you know, the consistency of it and being able to say, okay, this is good. You know, I'm, I'm not fertile at this moment or I'm not ovulating versus, oh, this is, you know, this is my mucus when I'm ovulating, I should probably not have sex this week. Being able to track your monthly uh, periods and your bleeding, um, sometimes you may not be regular. Um, There are a lot of women who menstruate who may not have a regular uh, period just naturally, and that would be something that you would have to take into account if you're doing this method. So not a, not really natural family planning is again a lot of work and not you know once we kind of explain this to you in our in the clinic um honestly it's just a lot easier to go with either the long acting methods like we talked about before or to consider the pill the patch or the ring um to help with uh, your your birth control method
2: yeah i think i think that's just a lot of work to do that it's just it's a lot of work and then your periods could just change, like anything, you're stressed or something happened and you could just be off and you off like by a day or
0: then you end up with a surprise. I feel like we, I, I just wanna make sure that we have everybody, cause we're kind of saying a lot of women have irregular periods, that's not true, right? A lot of women are very regular. right? So I don't want women to say, well, my period is regular. I can do, you know, natural rhythm methods. Here is the issue is that unless you're tracking it on an app or something like that, even women who are on no hormone, you know, birth control or anything like that, you do not have the same cycle every month. So, when we think about birth control, we think about, you know, 28 day cycles. But if you've ever tracked your periods, personally, I track mine. They range anywhere from 24 to 33 over years. Mm-hmm. Your periods are variable from the standpoint that anything can happen before you ovulate. And then once you ovulate, Two weeks later, you will have a period win, lose, or draw. Now, to think about well, tracking my ovulation, we get into you know, uh, Dr. Nono is talking about you know, checking your discharge, stuff like that. However, I just did a whole WAP episode with y'all, so I know y'all out here in these streets and you do not know exactly <laughs> what it means to check your discharge because discharge is tricky, all women don't know it, and so that's why that's what makes it so unreliable. You have to be very knowledgeable about what the menstrual cycles are very knowledgeable about what your discharge looks like. So even if you have a regular period, you can still get it wrong. And that is why most doctors are like, I don't think that this should be for you. Plus pregnancies, most pregnancies that walk in my door are surprised. Even when you're trying, like even Mm -hmm. when you're trying, the women are always like, man, I can't believe it. I'm pregnant. I didn't, I didn't know it was coming. So it's not effective. Um, for most people. So would not recommend as your, you know, main tool when there's so many other good options out there. Exactly.
3: Yes. Great. So, so, and I mean, I I agree. Like I, we, this stuff has been studied for decades. It's been well proven. It's safe. Um, So honestly, if you have questions about, and we always want to present all the options to you, but um, definitely, don't be afraid of asking your docs about you know the longer acting methods that we have, um, and definitely you know taking taking those for a spin to see if that's something that you would prefer. Um, so going with oh sure, Dr. Sunshine, you're gonna say something.
1: I was gonna say something. I was gonna say what's interesting is that I actually don't tell my patients about this podcast. If they find it on their own, you know that's fine. But I usually don't say like, hey, check out our podcast. I'm Dr. Sunshine. Da 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 da. But one of my patients was so passionate with me last week, and she basically told me that she's part of NuvaRing Nation. Either way, point is, <laughs> is that she has a NuvaRing and she loves it. And she's like, there are a bunch of us out here who love the NuvaRing. And if, if it was more highly publicized, the more people would be part of NuvaRing Nation. And we shortly mentioned it, but I would just like to say that what Dr. Nona was saying about the ring, it does kind of fit into the category. It's a p- combined contraception. The Ring, what's different about it is that it is actually a ring that you pick up from the pharmacy and you have to insert this ring into your vagina. And then it kind of like kind of falls into place, like right where your vagina, you know, meets your cervix. And um, I want to point that one out because it is different. But every patient that I have had, especially over the last six months that is on the ring, they absolutely love it. The thing about the nuva ring that people do bring up is that when they have intercourse with their partner, um whether your partner is using like, you know, a sex toy or whether your partner has a penis whatever it may be, um that if the nuva ring is not placed as high up as it should be, they could possibly feel it during intercourse, but then after it's like readjusted, there's a whole <laughs> amount of people out there who are in love with the nuva ring. So Just adding that side note there, which which was is completely new to me because pitching the ring in Chicago and the South Side was like not a thing. They're like, what? I got to do this. I got to insert it and I got to take it out. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) it, it It sounds high maintenance when you say it, because you have to you do have to insert the ring and you leave it there. And then after three weeks, you take it out and then you bleed and you insert it. You know what I mean? It's so in Chicago, it was like a hard sell. But then out here, I feel like tons of people are on the NuvaRing, and that's when my patient told me, "Girl, we got a NuvaRing nation." I was like, "Okay, you know, y'all do you."
3: <laughs> I mean, it's essentially it's essentially the equivalent of just inserting like a Diva Cup or something. Like you do it once a week for three weeks, and then you're
2: done. Like- well, it's like inserting a tampon. Yeah,
3: so I mean, it's,
2: I it, but I think I think with birth control, kind of it has to. It's just all about what what works for you.
0: There's so many right. options.
1: Right. Everybody, knows,
0: different. You got that string. You know, the diva cup and the ring are are unique from the standpoint that you got to go in there and get those bad boys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even that, that, listen, listen, y'all. But it's be not, it's not that diva hard to get it. It's not that hard, but I think when you pull a tampon, you you know, if you're a little skittish about you know insertion, you just pull that string, you discard it, right? The Nuva Ring and the Diva Cup are unique from the standpoint that any way you any way you come from it, it requires your fingers to be in the vagina to put it in and to take it out. If you pulled your Diva Cup by the string, first of all it's a suction, right? But if you pulled it, you got to balance it. So, uh if if you're taking it out after it has been in there, then it's going to spill blood. So, most women have to go in there, release the suction, and carefully take it back out. And so, I think that that was the skittish thing about you know the Nuva Ring and the skittish thing because I had a hard time selling Diva Cup um, in, in the Englewood Clinic too. They were like, "What? Nah, I ain't do it." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, like, I gotta do what? I gotta right. um,
1: too much? It's messy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so So, um, it, it's a it's a harder sell because I think of the mechanics of it um, and just trying to you know acknowledge. Uh, that we i we recognize that there are di- you know they're different techniques for some of these things and you know it's just a different ball game when it comes to true insertion versus removal right mm-hmm. um so you know well uh, i want to so-
2: say too like even with well i don't know if you guys get this complaint with some uh, with the marina because with the with the marina you have to cut the strings and yeah. some people get some people say, like, they feel like their partner feels the strings and it cuts them, and for that reason, they want to have it removed. Um, did you get that? Do you get that? The only thing we're cutting is that string again, We right? And out. that's what I tell <laughs> them. I'm like, we could just cut the string a little bit shorter, and you're gonna be okay <laughs> because your IUD is working, and we want to keep that because you don't want to have any babies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I, I, yeah. I tried to sell it. I mean, obviously, if they're adamant that they want to have it out. Um, mm-hmm. I have taken them out before because you know the partners swore that they could you know feel the string. Uh, which gets us into another episode mm-hmm. of like penis size and and you know uh, tapping the back of your cervix, which mm-hmm. we will talk about another time. Um, <laughs> but... We do
1: an episode on penis size, a whole episode, really. was coming for the new year. Is that going to be our happy New can, Year? We so can if people want to hear it. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> new Year's resolution. <middle laughs> <new shade. laughs> <laughs> um, What's your penis size? Welcome to <laughs> 2021. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Look, I, you know. We're doctors. Right. So we've all been, you know, I think about this from time to time where where people are like, Oh, you know, the penis so big, you know, it keeps, you know, it keeps hitting the the string and you think like, man, the string is like, just only, you know, one or two inches, you know, Mm -hmm. out, you know, really for mine, I try to do about one inches deep enough so that when I get to remove it, I can have it. So it's all the way up, like tucked into the cervix and somebody is saying like they feel that now. These are not quite the same, but in labor and delivery, we spent hours and days and months checking cervixes. Oh my goodness! Like, do you know how far back I have to reach to go find a cervix? So now I'm trying to tell You really yeah. mean to tell me that I'm in here reaching to the high heavens just to find your cervix in pregnancy, which is a little different. I recognize, but there's no way that all these penises are knocking out your IUD. Like, it's just not. It just can't be happening. No. Um, Half your arm is going up into that cervix to feel it. So I'm just like, nah, bro, It's not that big. And it's working. Right? That's my fear. I'm like you, Dr. Chris. And it's working. And so I have taken some out. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to take it out for you because you really want it out. But you can get pregnant. And I've had women come back surprised that they're pregnant the next month. And I'm like, Yeah. Ah, oh,
1: jeez. You know what, though, with those IUDs, you gotta stick with it because I even put in an IUD recently and the patients are drastically different. Some of them, you know, of course, you're gonna have like that cramping. That you're going to feel after we put it in because your uterus is basically saying, whoa, there's something in here. There wasn't anything in there before. Now there's something here. So it kind of has like this natural reflex of cramping down and that cramping can last. We usually like counsel our patients, like, you know, maybe like up to a month or so you might get episodic cramping and then it gets better. I've had a couple of patients where that cramping has lasted longer, like, you know, two months, maybe even three months. And after they hit the three month mark, they're like, oh my gosh, doc, I'm so happy. I stuck with it because now I'm outside of three months and everything's great. And then they've had it for, you know, of course, two, three, five, seven years, that kind of thing. But that cramping is something that you, you might have to like, you know, weather the storm. And then after that, boom, it's perfect. The only other thing that I did want to bring up, um, not to forget about our fluffy patients. If you tend to be on the fluffy side, as Amy Jo MD likes to say, um, there may be some birth control types where you come into the office and you request them, and we may have to have a conversation with you about which birth control would be best for you. I didn't know if Nona was going to hit on that or not. Not trying to steal, you know, Nona's thunder. No, nah, no, nah, take it away. Gotcha. So there are a couple birth control methods where, let's say, for example, you're like, you know, Doc. I really want the patch, you know? And then I take a look at your chart, you know, we do your height, your weight, all of that. We look at your BMI, which is something Dr. Chris mentioned last episode. Um, height, weight, we get your body mass index. There are certain forms of birth control that are not as effective if you are above a certain BMI, because it really has to do with absorption through the skin or absorption of the way that the birth control is made. And it's not as effective, which means that the hormone level you need to be at in order to prevent pregnancy, you actually, it's harder for you to get to that level the two main birth controls that it's notorious for that is number 1 the patch me as a provider i do not push the patch that hard because the patch has lots of things that go with it and also women tend to fluctuate in weight and that you know also affects the patch which is why i'm talking about it now so the patch and the next one on are the two that are highly highly impacted by your body mass index and that's likely what your provider's going to talk to you about before you know they start you or write the prescription
0: To piggyback on what Dr. Sunshine said, not to talk about the fluffy patients, but earlier um, in this episode, I mentioned that if you have high blood pressure, even if it's controlled, then I cannot give you um, the birth control pill. So the birth control pill, the patch and the ring would not be for you because it has estrogen in it. But what you what pill you can have, we call it the mini pill, but it's a progestin only pill. So it's a pill without the estrogen. That's very effective um, to prevent pregnancy. But what you have to know with that pill is that you take it every day, just like you take the regular birth control pill. However, you can ovulate on a progestin only pill, which is why earlier when you guys heard us saying like, Oh, that one is less forgiving it's less forgiving because if you skip a day, uh, you could have an egg. They are just ready to be fertilized and uh, be in some trouble. So, um, combination pills that have estrogen and progestin in them, you don't ovulate, so there tends to not be an egg lingering. So in the event that you do have unprotected sex, you still are, you know, covered. But in the in the progestin only pill you could have an egg there. So that's why that requires a lot of commitment to the cause to make sure you understand you know what that means. So mm-hmm. if your doctor's ever talked to you about the mini pill or Camila or progestin only, they're probably changing you because you can't take estrogen and it's a, it's a good solid option. Just take it every day.
2: Yeah. And also, I just wanted to also mention that if you actually had a baby and you're breastfeeding, that's normally the pill that we would give you. Um, right after you have after you have your kid, uh, because you can't have estrogen right away um, and it affects you um, your lactation. So the mini pill would be a good option.
3: All right, so like we talked about at the very beginning of the talk, there are uh, reversible methods um, which we discussed, um, and they're irreversible or permanent methods for contraception. Um, as you guys have probably heard, it's there's the tube tying method, which is what we call a tubal ligation or tying the tubes. So literally your ob will go in and literally have a method where they uh, stop uh, pretty much the path from the egg getting to your uterus so that no sperm can get um, to that. There's no egg for the sperm to fertilize, essentially. So this is a very quick procedure. Um, In some places, it can actually be done as an outpatient. Um, And this is a same-day procedure, and it is essentially irreversible. So if you are absolutely 100%, 110% sure that you do not want kids anymore, then a tubal ligation for you would be the way to go. Uh, On the flip side, I guess the male equivalent would be what we call a vasectomy. So the male equivalent of the tubes being tied um, would be done uh, by, I believe it's by urologists in their clinic. Um, and also that would prevent any sperm from getting into the ejaculate. So into the stuff that goes into you. Um, so that way that the, there's nothing for there's nothing to fertilize the egg. And that is also considered a permanent uh, irreversible procedure for the guy side.
1: More than likely, if you're if you're pregnant and falling with your OB, let's say, for example, if you're pregnant with your, you know, first, second, third child, wherever you may be on, if you know for sure that you would like, you know, for your tubes to be tied after, you know, you have this child that you're currently pregnant with, then that's definitely something to also discuss with your OB or whoever's managing your pregnancy. That way they can do the paperwork and kind of talk to you about it. And that way, when you go into the hospital to have the baby, you can have everything done all at one time, which women love because they came in, they had a baby, you're like, hey, this is my third child, I'm done, we both discuss it, it's cool, tie my tubes, all is well with the world, um, which is which is really nice.
2: Sometimes women decide, like, even after, if they're in, like, let's say in their late 20s, maybe have one or two kids and decide that they don't want to have kids anymore. And a lot of times, your know, OBGYN might not want to do the tubal ligation quite yet, just because, I mean, you might change your mind. So it's definitely something that they counsel you on and they have to have the paperwork in advance. So it's not something that you could just go in and just, hey, I want the tubal ligation. It's a process. And they do that because, you know, people change their minds, you know, and stuff happens.
1: Because people get divorced. People have new partners. People have babies, you know, in their 30s or even in their 40s after, because life happens and we get that. And what's important is to note what Dr. Nono said, you know, these are irreversible. So it's definitely something to give a lot of thought to. Um, If you're one of the blessed women in the world where you have multiple kids and your partner who happens to be male says, hey, I'm going to tie my tubes. You're good. You don't have to do anything. Then that's also wonderful because Mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything and he can get the procedure. You guys are good. Go have fun. Wonderful.
3: (laughs) So I also want to put a uh, plug in. Uh, so there's, really, there's two really good websites um, that I know I use during our, our reg- uh, residency to kind of brush up on the birth control methods that we talked about in this episode. Uh, so one of them is called the Reproductive Access Project. Um, literally, if you Google that, it'll be the first hit on the page. And that gives you a really cool uh, kind of schematic and breakdown of all the different methods, including their efficacy rates, um, the uh, benefits, the side effects, and everything else uh, your little heart desires on learning on every single method. And that is actually something you can print out and bring into your appointment. And you can point to it and say, hey, doc, I want that one. And we will love you for the more for it. Um, another website um, that actually was told by Amy Jo MD was called the Bedsiders. And like, just like the Reproductive Access Project, it gives you a very nice breakdown of all the different methods that are available. And again, offers those charts for the different um, birth control um, methods, pictures, and a lot of different resources that you can use that can really help you with that conversation that you will have with your primary care doctor, your OB-GYN on which birth control method you would prefer in the future. And with that, that's all I got.
1: So for the questions today, we're going to start off with one that has absolutely no medical correlation to it whatsoever, Um, just to shake things up a bit. And it's a really short one. We'll knock it out quickly, I'm sure. So there's a question here that says, you ladies have great chemistry. Thank you so much. Out of curiosity, is the show scripted, or are we just enjoying your off-the-cuff thoughts?
2: It's so awesome. <laughs>
0: off-the-cuff.
2: <laughs> Definitely not scripted. <laughs> oh not at all. I think that
1: we are scripted. You know how hard it would be to script this if it was actually scripted. The as much as we interrupt each other and cackle in <laughs> laughter, like how would we even script that?
0: How, yeah. how is no, that even no, possible? No, no, no.
2: I try to be polite and not interrupt people.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> Out of here, oh <laughs> we y'all. We are talking. This <laughs> you are really getting a snapshot of what the past four years. Oh wait, five. What oh the past god, five god. years of our lives have looked like. Um, we have been together for a long time, and we all trained together, and uh, we've bonded. I mean, for off the from the start, from day one. I think we were all like. We're friends to the end, and it just never stops. So, y'all are hearing us, uh, <laughs> y'all are hearing real time like this is what we sound like, even when we're not recording.
1: Honestly, Ain't no
3: scripts, bro. Honestly, Dr. Sunshine just hits record. If we were just talking before it, it just continues into the podcast. Like, that's that's how off the cuff it is. Yeah,
1: I will. I will shed a little light because some of my some of my closer friends have asked me for some like additional information. I will say this before each episode, we do talk amongst each other and say, hey, what should be the trending topic? Like, I mean, not trending topic, like literally what is the topic we're going to talk about? And then we kind of like to divide it up each week. Like, all right, you know, someone does the trending, someone does the main topic, someone does the questions. But that's all the planning that goes into it, period. Like, I don't know what these ladies are about to say. I don't know what's on their brain. We literally click. Record and whatever happens, literally it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. And as you guys know, No-No's in charge of the PR and stuff. Um, I actually edit the episodes. That's why you guys will hear me every now and then say, um, let me check the time. Cause I'm looking at the, the clock and I'm like, I got to edit all this content and we are talking too much. We got to go. So I'm in charge of editing. And then um, Dr. Chris and Amy Joe, they take care of some other things behind the scenes. So all together we make this happen. <laughs> yes but no this is not scripted at all even if you hear papers like shuffling around it might just be papers on a desk that we happen to be like next to our mic but we are not reading off of nothing this is just us (laughs) just just talking
0: yes (laughs) indeed um all right
1: next question here So, ladies, what are your thoughts on getting a Peloton bike for indoor workouts versus getting versus, let me finish, (laughs) versus. We know what she says. (laughs) Versus. Versus getting a road bike for outdoor workouts. Is there a benefit
3: to one over the other? Thanks. You ladies are awesome. Mike. So, I got both. I'm getting both. Um, I have a, so I'm an avid biker. I, you know, do the 18, 19 miles down Lake shore for fun. Um, I definitely, I upgraded my, um, my hybrid to a road bike just because it rides a lot smoother and it goes a lot faster. Cause I like to go fast. Um, I am getting a Peloton just because with like the whole pandemic, I, I still don't feel like hundred percent with going into like a gym and uh, using the bikes there. And honestly, I like every time I see like part of the Peloton catalog, like any new artists that they're uh, spinning to, or like any new um, uh, instructors that they have coming on board. Like they just added Nicki Minaj's whole catalog like yesterday. Um, Beyonce was added <laughs> last week, and I'm like, if I don't, if I do this for a good like two months, I will have like a supermodel body by the summer. Like I will. <laughs> I will, be, I will be so committed. You guys will not. You, I will be unrecognizable. Like honestly, so I was honestly my unbiased opinion I might be biased. I'm biased. Unbiased?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, this, this is, is both biased. biased. <laughs> I mean, I think I think she's leaning towards Peloton. I think that's what she's saying. No, like, I'm saying it, it. down. <laughs> I'm saying it, it's sounds,
0: it sounds more like Peloton to me. Well, right, we 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 know Dr. Nono is out here these streets like both. Now, yeah. I also will say that I am. Um, I definitely called my financial planner to be like, "Yo, can I get a Peloton? <laughs> you know, is, is that okay?" Um, and, and I got the green light, so I too will probably be purchasing a Peloton. However, what I will say, what I will say is that also I don't ride outside, so I think. Like Peloton versus, you know, um, biking outdoors is two completely different activities. Just so that we're clear, the Peloton bike is a spin bike. So if you are into spinning, um, which I have done spinning, I've enjoyed it. I used to do it in the gyms. Then, yeah, that's for you. But I think that's a little bit different than hopping on a bike, you know, off-road riding or, you know, even riding down the, down Lakeshore Drive you're in Chicago or, or riding the trails. They'll, they'll, they're very different activities. Now, if you're somebody that says, I like the act of cycling no matter, you know, what it is and I need to be able to transition smoothly or I need to know that I can always do it, you know, rain, snow, sunshine, whatever, then maybe having an indoor bike is for you. For us, because we're not plugging – anyone unless they're giving us some free bikes. Um yes. <laughs> what what you should know is that it is our recommendation that everybody get 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise 5 days a week. Of moderate level mm-hmm. cardiovascular exercise 5 days a week. By moderate I mean for those of us who do not have a watch that is going to track your heart rate and everything, you could do the quick sing test. If you can, Beyonce is my favorite. So if you can sing all the words to Beyonce, then you are not moving fast enough. If you can sing none of the words to Beyonce, then you're probably moving too fast. So if you can sing a little, breathe a little, sing a little, breathe a little, then you're on to something. If you're doing that kind of activity level five days a week for 30 minutes, whether that be on a Peloton or whether that be on a mountain bike or whether that be on a speed bike or whether it be walking, running, whatever, I think you could pick whichever one, you know, works for you, but... If your pockets are deep and you can do both, we're not mad. We're not mad. Yeah. I don't I don't <laughs> let have us know what your hope. name is and we'll follow you on um Oh, we should have a spin on Peloton.
3: Can we do like a username for chocolate MDs once we get it? Yes, we can. I don't even
2: know what that I don't even, so I can't even, I don't even do know. this. I don't do spin. I yeah, don't I'm, bike I'm ride. i don't, I, I don't know what this y'all are yeah, I do. Dr. I Sunshine
0: is very much a, I'm sure you all know, Dr. Sunshine be out here in these streets doing her yoga. She's so California. <laughs> um, you know, that's her thing. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Chris is like, you know, got her trainers, you know. Multiple. Um, <laughs> Right, yeah. trainers. I, I'm doing too I much. Think, I'm uh, a little too
2: ambitious. I'm doing. Yeah, too much. I think
0: me and Dr. Nono are the only two uh, yeah. that are leaning towards the Peloton. Um, I use the app now. <laughs> I just use I use it on my elliptical, um, no. but I, I do love the Peloton classes. So, nah, I good. say both of you can afford it. But if you need one that you can use all year round and you're not against spinning, then go with the Peloton.
1: Bringing up the weather aspect is something I didn't even think about, but you—that's a good. That's a really good thing to bring up because if you live in a state where it's gonna get cold, it's gonna snow and the biking conditions are not ideal, then if you, you know, want the cardio of spinning and you're that person who can do either, then the Peloton definitely works in your favor. Because if it's freezing outside and there's ice everywhere and you're like, these aren't great biking conditions, then right you can only get the use out of your road bike, you know, when, when all of ice. the conditions, yeah. When, yeah, when all the stars align versus the Peloton, you know, you can pretty much use that whenever you want
3: right and to kind of go off that like yeah again with the weather um because being in chicago where it's like winter six months out of the year you know we our options are kind of limited so but Mm -hmm. if you do get a road bike there are attachments to actually make it a stationary bike like in your home and you can actually there's coming out with like different um uh mechanics where you can actually add resistance to the bike so it would be it would kind of mirror you know what would you know, like a regular, like spin bike that has resistance on it, but it's just using your own road bike as the, as the bike. So um, I, if you don't want to, you know, drop the two G's for the Peloton to do that, it's completely fine. Um, but, you know, look into those other methods to so like being able to convert your road bike into that. And that could also be something that's, you know, kind of a, a
0: middle road to, yeah. Cause to you can buy the app. You can, you can, I mean, you can buy a, a subscription, which is pretty cheap to get access to the classes mm-hmm. and you can run them through an iPad. You can play them on your phone. I actually think you can also play them through your TV. So if you've got a workout room, you've got a TV, you know, and so since you don't have the, if you were going to convert your um, outdoor bike to like a stationary bike in the house, like for the winter, you can, you know, put the whole class up on display mm-hmm. and you can ride along with it. And if you've got like a, a, a watch or a heart rate monitor, it will pick it up. Mm -hmm. In your class. And even if you're not riding like on the screen and you can see it at the end of the class, even though I don't have a a Peloton bike, I still get a snapshot of where my heart rate was and what my activity level was throughout the class. So you can get you there's ways to uh, to get it done Mm -hmm. Um, because as a non representative of either one, I guess my my primary concern is that you get your cardiovascular activity in and so you can skin it all kind of ways. Um, whatever meets your budget and your preference. So
1: whether, so whether you decide to get a road bike or a Peloton, we support you either way, as long as you're getting your 30 minutes in for your cardio daily for at least five days a week, you know, we're basically always, you know, motivating you to be as healthy as possible, whether you decide, you know, one route or the other, um, or you can be like Dr. No, no one get both. Um, so that basically completes our questions for this week. Thank you so much for sending in your questions, guys. Um, no, no. can you please tell the people where to find us, where to send their questions and all that good stuff.
3: All right. So as always, um, if you want to catch our any new info that we released or talked about on the show, uh, check out our website at thechocolatemds.com. Um, from there, I'll be including all of the lingo that we talked about on this episode. And also, if you want to see our past episodes, if you scroll down to the bottom of our website, you can see all of our past recordings in addition to the new one once it becomes live uh, next week. In addition, please follow us. We have Facebook, IG, and Twitter. Um, our handles for all three of them are at TheChocolateMDS. And from there, you'll get any new info about any new episodes coming up, any new content, and just things that will can have you guys coming back so yeah bye guys stay safe for the holidays
0: guys